2: Is this one working? Thank you. All working. Okay. Um, so what we thought we would do today is just talk a little bit um, amongst ourselves, and you, and you guys aren't meant to hear what we're saying. <laughs> um, we I, I thought we would talk a little bit, uh, we thought we would talk a little bit about... Um, how we wrote this book, why we wrote this book and then literally how we wrote it because um, there's 639 other people aside from us involved in this book um, and in Some of them any, are in the are audience contribu- yeah, Are there any contributors, contributors here? Tonight? Yay! Hi! Oh, Thank, Thank you! <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then we thought we would open it up to questions because um, this book is all about questions um, and that's how this book started was with a, a question that Sheila had uh, Sheila decided that she wanted to learn how to dress better she just realized that this was nothing she'd ever really paid attention to in her life <laughs> and um, we, none, none, none of us said Sheila you should really start paying attention this is all on her own um, and, uh, and so she went to the bookstore to try to find a book that she could read that would maybe um, give her some tips or some rules or some guidance But what she wanted was to know what women thought about in the morning when they got dressed. She wanted to know more about the psychological um, implications behind what people put on their clothes in the morning before they go out into the world. And this book did not exist.
3: Yeah, it just was, I mean, there's so many pictures of women and dresses and all that kind of thing, but I'm not a very visual person and the way that I felt like I could start thinking about clothes. Not that I'd never put any thought into it. Everyone thinks about it, but I just had never made it a project. And I just thought, okay, I just want to make a bit of a project of it. And the way for me to think that I could dress better in a way that was more conscious or a way that I felt more comfortable or spend less money or do all those things I want to do was just to know what other women thought. And all the books were not about thoughts. They were about what things look like. Um, and I just knew that I could not get anything from that. Like, I'm not going to imitate what, I don't know, Audrey, Hep- Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn is dressed as. That's just, that didn't seem like that was going to go anywhere.
2: Audrey Hepburn's become the villain of, of like, <laughs> the person you're supposed to look like, but nobody can. Well, when, I that book, when I
3: visualized going down to the bookstore in downtown Toronto, I just see like books about Audrey Hepburn. Vogue, Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> anyway, so I came home from the bookstore and I thought, well, the only way to make this actually exist for me is to ask my friends. I wasn't thinking about a book. I just thought I'll, I'll send an email to some friends and ask them what they think about. And I'll just ask my stylish friends, Heidi and Liam, being among them. And the questions were like, um, what's your process for getting dressed in the morning? What are some dressing rules you have for yourself that you wouldn't recommend to others but which are important to you? And I thought, I had this idea that it, everyone who's stylish and now I'm more interested in everybody but at the time I was interested in people who I considered stylish they must have some philosophy and I was thinking about this as a book of sort of philosophy of dress or philosophy of style yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's what it was that's what the that's what the title was for a bit. it was yeah that's right. it was yeah I just remember dry. the dry <laughs> and not exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it did turn out that everyone that I sent the emails to had very strong opinions and very detailed answers to the questions um, and Heidi mm. wrote back and said this the experience of filling this out was so interesting for me I bet the experience of filling
2: it out would be interesting for other people too yeah and, and, and so we should make a book yeah and, and um, you know just to say well we should also talk about it. and then very quickly Leanne we pulled Leanne in uh, yes Liz- this is Leanne mm. <laughs> <laughs> So uh,
3: two days after Le- Heidi and I started emailing and said this should be a book, then it was the next thought was we should have Leanne
2: involved. Absolutely, Leanne had to be involved. Yeah,
1: I had the same reaction to the questions that Heidi had, which was I could spend a month thinking about this stuff, writing it because it's clarifying. The questions were so different than the questions out there. I think in style and fashion media, which is more, you know, how to impress people or how to do something or present and these questions were wh- you know why how how come and it was a it was a huge difference and just just a lot more like therapy and that you could be completely honest and and artful in your answers and come to some conclusions and clarity yourself so it was an easy yes
3: Yeah, and one of the... uh, Leanne ended up... Well, we all did all the editorial work, but Leanne did something none of us did, which was design the book. And the first thing she said... (laughs) That's Leanne's daughter. Um, The first thing that she said was, I don't want pictures of women in the book. Um, And do you want to talk about why that was? I mean, it
1: it was... We were getting these survey answers in from... Hundreds of women and these voices in our heads were so strong and I immediately said, We can't look we can't look at them and hear them at the same time. We have to just hear them because our snap judgments are, Oh, why would I listen to her? Or look at her hair or no. you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't wear that shirt, yeah. like, shut up. And so no, no, pictures of, no pictures of women in the book, so that there's, there's no filter between you know the eye that someone's writing about, the, the, the tense that someone's writing in, and the first person and the person reading it. And so that was one very early design decision that we came to. Um, and you know, I also knew that the, the design of the book had to, again, allow for women to, to think and see in their mind's eye.) Um, these experiences and so it's a very clean kind of German two-column design um, yeah I, th- I think yeah. it works I, I well, want it to age well yeah.
2: yeah and one of the things that um, one of the visuals is something called collections where um, we solicited from women um, was it eight you had to have eight or more of something
1: yeah what do you have yeah, what do you have? or more
2: of right So it, so it's this sort of pattern it could reflect
1: obsession or compulsion, or just habit, like a deliberate collection. Yeah, and it, it could, was a
2: nice, yeah, sort of yeah. a nice portrait of a woman,
1: rather than actually sort of showing, showing the person. Yeah. Okay. So
2: instead of seeing a face, you see a grid of. In my case, I have striped shirts, lots of striped shirts. Or chopsticks. Or, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Floss Yeah, floss, floss sticks. sticks. Yeah.
3: So in clothes sense. is kind of broad, and that's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the way that we got the survey out, there was lots of different ways. Um, Leanne printed up these business cards that said, "I like, I like yeah, how you're like, dressed. I
2: like how you're dressed, or I like what you're wearing. Like what you're wearing. We, we had to play around with it because it sounded sort of creepy at first. It was like, <laughs> I like take
3: it off. <laughs> <laughs> I like you um, and so we gave out the, and it said we're making this book Women in Clothes if you'd like to fill out a survey please come to our website so we had the survey on our website
2: and we just gave these cards out to hundreds of women and um, it kind of worked it, yeah I mean it was a good I think for us it was sort of an icebreaker um, because uh, I I tell this story the the first card I gave out and it was sort of like a big deal you know you're like I'm gonna give this woman a card that tells her I like what she's wearing um, and it was a soldier she was in the military and I saw her in an airport in Charlotte North Carolina and um, and she definitely did not take it in the right way I don't think um, uh, but I and I and then um, and I kept saying please 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 Please, will you please fill this out? Because she, she to me, she was sort of like she became for you know me this kind of muse through the book. She was wearing a uniform. She was wearing a uniform, and yet within inside of this uniform, she just looked so distinctive. And I just kept staring at her. I was like, "How are you doing that? How do you look so distinctive, even though you are wearing the exact same clothes as all of these other people?" You know, um, it was yeah. like Miranda July's piece in the book kind of. Resonates with that. Um,
3: she had six women all come in. I think it was their favorite outfit, and each woman wore the other woman's favorite outfit. So you have a grid of 36 photographs, and we don't say um, which woman came in with which outfit. And you can see these expressions on their faces. Mm-hmm. Do they feel comfortable in each other's clothes? How does it look on everybody's bodies? And you don't have the you don't have the feeling like that's obviously hers. That's obviously yeah. hers. It's it's kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, and it's this, when you do see the same woman in these other outfits, it, it erases the judgment that you might have about one of them. So it's this weird, yeah. weird, like, judgment effacer.
3: Yeah, you don't feel like, what? Right. Well, yeah, if you see a person, you feel like, I know you, I know something about you.
2: Yeah. But this,
1: and that no word, erases that. this
2: quiet little, little row. You'll see it if you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think the other one of the other great things when I first got these questions and, and why I think it, it seemed like a project that could be bigger than just the people that Sheila sent the survey to originally um, was that uh, I had never... I, don't, I had never really thought of myself as being someone like, I have rules for myself. I have a solid style identity. I just thought, oh, you know, I kind of get dressed in the morning. I like things. I don't like things, you know? I mean, I do feel like maybe more than Sheila, I had like paid attention to women, and I had certainly watched them obsessively my entire life, um, which is something that actually w- was one of the um, amazing common themes that came out when we started reading all the surveys, how much women watch other, we have a section that's called "Women Looking at Women," and and interestingly, and unexpectedly, how few women, when they were asked, oh, about influences, um, ambition, whatever, um, or, or like most meaningful, you know, conversations they'd had about clothes with people, how few people mentioned um, fashion media, uh, fashion magazines. It was like I still like me and my soldier, you know, like I still remember this woman I saw on the tram when I was eight years old in Montreal, you know? Um, and so it was very much a, uh, the, the questions I think made me, um, it was almost like an act of autobiography or I don't know, it, it suddenly through this n- seemingly narrow lens of clothing um, allowed me to have this much more solid sense of myself and my intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way we got um, distributed the survey was we contacted
3: journalists in other countries and had them f- figure out who to interview, who to send the survey to. Um, journalists just know everybody, so that was a mm-hmm. hugely important resource. And
0: yeah. 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 What's
2: the, yeah. next? the Do you I mean, want I guess the she, other... Yeah, I mean, we could talk a little bit about... I mean, one, one thing that we feel that um, this book should have been, like, co-sponsored by Google Chat and Skype <laughs> and all this other stuff. I mean, one thing that actually is... And it's still... I'm still sort of astonished in a way that, um, that this was possible. First of all, because there's so many people in this book. Second of all, because... N- the three of us were in different countries and different time zones for most of the creation and assembling of this book and, um, and so it's this sort of uh, it, it's like we used all of this new technology to make this very old technology <laughs> um, and, and yet at the same time I think I feel like we really tried to honor um, the way that we move through space and the way we move through information now I mean we spent a lot of, lot of time thinking about how to organize this how to structure this book um, yeah go ahead you can
1: so in some of the final days before the book was due we all flew up to Toronto Mm -hmm. and uh, my mom looked after the baby and um, we went to Sheila's apartment and drew an outline of Sheila's body on her wall and then went through all of the content of the book and just said is this a you know this is sort of about this part of the body hands or breasts or mothers and uterus and then you know knees if I don't know Jeans, (coughs) Genes: Yeah <coughs> and, and we really wanted to split up these stories along the symmetry of the body um, and have that be beginning, middle end of the book and see how it happened. And I don't know how I don't know. If it, it was a good exercise. I'm not sure how much of it. It is was sort of the first draft. Yeah. But um, it's also a book that you can not read in order mm-hmm. and really just dip into. In your bathroom, you know, if, yeah, bathroom. Yeah. yeah,
2: preferably your bathroom. <laughs>
1: it? Yeah, I I wanted to see it all wavy, wavy marked mm-hmm. because of the humidity. Mm-hmm. Um.
3: We yeah. also um, have the survey on our website, womeninclothes.com, if anybody mm-hmm. wants to fill it out. The experience of reading these pieces is really interesting. It's like 639 characters. I mean, we're yeah. novelists and fiction writers and illustrators. It's like a book of characters, just sort of down to their essence, revealed through what they're wearing and th- how they feel about it. But anyways, filling out the survey is really an interesting thing. And if you yeah. want, you can fill it out yeah. and post it and, yeah. and read the ones that have come out since the book. Yeah, I think,
1: I think yeah. in the spirit of that kind of collaboration and question asking. I mean, I love question and answer things, if there are questions. Um, So maybe we'll open it up to some questions and have a little conversation. Someone in Toronto, I think it was a TV host, said that she liked the book, which was great. And then she said, I feel like I'm a composite of all of my friends. And that really struck home because this, it, this started as a conversation between friends it became this conversation between you know, 700 women and let's do it now to warm yeah. up I think we'll ask a question of the audience so yeah. who is wearing something tonight that they spent too much money on
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, three
2: people yeah. not bad <laughs> you guys are savvy shoppers. Uh,
3: who's wearing something that For, a friend or
2: family member gave them Wow. wow. guys are sentimental. Who, who's <laughs> wearing something that they wore yesterday?
3: Do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Hi. laughs> you want to talk? Um, yeah, we I I didn't wear the same thing. Yeah. Um, who wishes they could go home and change and sort of like just be transported back to this oh, audience yeah. in a different outfit? <laughs>
1: Who has a question for us? <laughs> yeah, do you have any questions? Yes. I was wondering, you know, you said you started out sort of thinking, oh, you know, how do you
3: sort of, well, I want to talk to women who have these kind of
0: style philosophies and find out what other people are. I think
1: that, um, I I wonder if it turns out that sort of most people think that other people have
2: these philosophies and everyone mm-hmm. wonders what they're Yeah.
1: <laughs> this, like, this I and I don't know anyone who, you know, necessarily those that they have it figured out. And I wonder what you found. Did you find that some people really like have quotable philosophies or do just they had, around, we just think that everyone else was a good They I, had specific ones. I mean mm-hmm. I in m I mean, I think we all had also sort of different readings of the book. So I you know, one woman said she didn't have it all figured out, but she, you know, oh, I don't know, knew how to apply one rule to her, like tucking her shirt into her underpants so the skirt doesn't, you know, she had her her fixes yeah. and her thing, so
2: not. I mean, but then she also had a funny story about that. How she said when her now husband saw her doing this the for for the first time, he thought she was having a seizure. You know, <laughs> so so I mean, I think you know. Anytime someone, ha- the the questions were canted so that they would try to unlock like more than just like I believe that. You know, it would be something that would sort of tell you something about the person, which is another reason why when you don't have any photographs of anybody, yeah. you know, you suddenly get a picture or a portrait of this person, her relationships, um, Mm -hmm. the sense of humor she has.
3: The the most surprising thing to me was, I think most people just, yeah, they had thought about it to some degree but there were some people who answered the survey who were like my mother tried to put me in this when I was four and I, you know, in these red suspenders and I couldn't stop crying and I thought, oh, that it made me think like some people just have always had this love and care and relationship to clothes and mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like mm-hmm. you and and I kind of felt better about myself after reading that because maybe I've always had that relationship to words uh, you know I've always had strong feelings about books and, and yeah. sentences and it was interesting to think like that style this thing that I was interested in style is connected to um, material so so for me, I'm interested in style and I feel like I have a facility with it as it, as it, com- as it relates to sentences and words and whatever, but not, cl- not like fabrics. But for another person, it's fabric and for another person, it's paint and for another person, it's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they really know how to have a good marriage. You know, like mm-hmm. people don't all have to have... And I sort of felt better after that. I'm like, oh, I don't have to have this in every area of, of my yeah. life. And the people that have, and I was sort of curious, I was like, why are some people born with that? Like, why are some people born with a relationship to clothing, you know? I'll never have that deep of a relationship. Born that way, yeah. <laughs> born that way, for sure. Yeah. Yes?
1: Um, I got an email, like, I think you were like in the survey ta- uh, chapter of the book, um, and it was asking for a photograph of a bedroom or oh, your event. desktop. Bedroom floor. Bedroom bedroom floor. floor. Oh, your bedroom, bedroom floor. floor. Yeah, and I sent something in, but anyways, I'm, I'm like, I didn't see, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I, I did, <laughs> That's I my almost, fault. You, you blame me. No, no, no. no <laughs> but I'm really I'm
3: curious because you said that you were really, um, you know,
1: committed not to including, not, not to include photographs of women, and I was thinking, like, maybe, is that almost, like, too intimate? Is that kind of crossing a boundary? Is there, do you, like, remember deciding not
3: to include photographs of bedrooms or no the bedroom floor ended up in the book yeah it was maybe it's in the yeah there's
1: three but there's three yeah. floors in the book and i was asking for pictures because i was going to draw clothes on the floor oh, of I a bedroom I needed okay.
3: reference yeah
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Right. I mean, yeah yeah no no
1: no there's no bedroom floor photographs in <laughs> okay. the book. it was a reference for a there's line. a little chapter called yeah. floor
3: maps and yeah. she's yeah. sort of like yeah. outlined all the clothes on the floor like after trying to get dressed for a specific event and she said I was trying to get dressed to go to a funeral How you yeah. was and she's yeah. like all the clothes you discarded and why and it was interesting yeah, um, yeah. yeah. any other questions yeah yeah are there choices like what
2: they like and what they wanted to wear versus how they thought they should be
3: wearing? So like, if somebody works in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm. They this, but
2: so they the, need to wear. I mean, need to wear they keep, you know, get across, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the
3: question is, how many women did you find Wore things because they want to wear, versus should. Felt they had to wear it.
2: Yeah, we did interview a banker, actually a woman who um, literally has billionaire clients. She this this number just blew us away. We were like billionaire so clients. We the piece it's called billionaire. billionaire clients. Yeah, um, but she uh, she spoke. I mean, almost in exactly the language that you were just using. She was saying how um, she uh, well, I asked her about power suits, right? Like, what does that mean? And and she just said, well, it's it's like it's. Not Something that you wear that you're just going to feel so confident when you go in um, to the meeting that you'll just kill it and you'll get that billionaire client and you know um, but then she also was talking a lot about um, in the business world she was talking about business uh, like proper business attire and I was like well how do you how do you learn about that does someone tell you and she said no 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 you learn it by looking around you know you look at your superiors I mean it's so interesting that this is something that we all talk about like business attire but it's not actually written down anywhere it's something you learn by being part of the culture and then she was very um, she was like you know you can be you can, can do like have your flair moments and stuff but that um, you really do not want to get in the way of your messaging is what she said so she was like I I I don't want anybody in that room looking like wondering like why are her fingernails green? What's isn't that? And she kept she used the example of a woman who had a really heavy necklace on at one meeting, and she said all I could do was look at her necklace and think that must weigh so much. You know, she didn't
3: hear anything the woman said. She didn't hear anything the woman said. Don't have your clothes distract from what you're saying. So
2: it was actually really interesting to take that. And there are lots of people in there who we've interviewed because of the career that they have and how that career me um has you know. That that um, you have to think right um, quite a bit about what you want to say, what you want to say, what you want to say. But there's yeah, there's also a lot of shoulds just
1: generally in clothing culture, and I think I think one one thing that we realized um, was how much uh, the language in in the answers um, wasn't necessarily about correction. Like oh, you should if you have short legs, you should wear this. If you have narrow shoulders, here's what, and so it's this sort of um, language of correction and that there's things, these, these flaws to be corrected, which is weird because if you have short legs, you should wear what you want. If you have narrow shoulders, you can kind of just put on what is attractive to you. And so what, ca- you know, what came out of our questions because we weren't saying, you know, what's your best feature or what do you find most attractive about you? Which gets into that language of comparison and and sort of, I don't know, comparison generally. Um, because we didn't ask those questions, a lot of the answers are really, I like this part, you know, I, I'm, here's how I show off my boobs and my tiny waist or my big hips. And it was much more accepting. There wasn't a lot of self-loathing about bodies in the book, which was, which was great. It was mm-hmm. really surprising. If you don't mm-hmm. frame those questions that mm-hmm. way, the answers are are really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My own
3: experience has been that women tend to dress more for
1: other women than men.
3: Is that what you found? Yeah. yeah. The question is, her experience has been that women tend to dress more for other women than men. That's definitely, hugely what we found. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of admired
0: this movement, I forgot what the name of it was, but they were dressing in polyester and kind of of the, the you know what I'm talking
3: about, right? Um, no. she like, Does anyone know? She's saying there's a yeah, movement there are, where women suffered? Women would uh, dress in polyester? When was <laughs>
0: yeah. it? I've always been really <laughs> attracted. Even, even house even house dressed, dress? house no, brown, House. No, house in Columbia, I was always very I, I, I was very attracted to subculture and the Do country. you want to speak into this? Because it's hard to have for people in back. Yes. There's yes. this which I read about in my subversive <laughs> in my subversive magazine where and I wish I could get the name because it was such a great perfect name it was a short name and these really these hipsters are going around in kind of Kmart
2: uh, normcore. Norm norm right. Oh. Uh, yeah, we, everyone keeps asking about I know. Norm
0: yeah, we
1: don't
2: I mean it's tough <laughs> because we've <laughs> since learned I feel it. like somebody here should answer that question I so mean, we know how to answer that question.
0: We're not Yeah. yeah. I to say about normcore. I will say yes, go ahead. What do you have would, to say about normcore? I want norm to hear core? what the people who really know have to say, but I will say how much I admire irony. And intelligence because when I went to Columbia we were trying to do that. We were trying to get our clothes to, to, to take on a message about society and that's what I sort of thought this book was about mm-hmm. because I think fashion goes to a mega level where you're actually doing something and saying something political by what you're putting on your back and I think you guys get to that a little bit and I, I'm very conscious of people who who buy mm-hmm. a certain way and you know yeah. and you know, maybe they're holier than There's, thou but yeah. they still do it. There's you an know? interview
1: yeah. with Mac McClellan who's a human rights activist activist in the book, Mother mm-hmm. yeah, Mother Jones journalist, and she talks about how she, because of the knowledge of where, who she interviews and where she's gone and what she's seen, she finds it really difficult to go into H&M, into Urban yeah. Outfitters. She said there's this smell she recognizes which is those factories and she yeah. hasn't bought a new piece of clothing in ten years. Even a used clothing, yeah. like she
3: yeah. just doesn't, she just opted out of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's pretty I feel like somebody said that if you're going to, you know, even if you, you know, that that interview is worth the price of the book alone or someone someone said that. And there's maybe that have- was me who said that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but it is true that um, y- you know you you realize you can decide. Okay, I wanna I want to buy responsibly, or you know suddenly it, that interview I think throws into relief the notion of what's responsible, what's noble. Like I thought it was super noble for me. Maybe this is as normcore as I as I've gotten in my life was to go to Uniqlo and buy a seven dollar t shirt instead of buying a three hundred dollar The Row t shirt or whatever, right? And that to me felt like some kind of abstinence or n- like that was noble of me. Or I was being smart or wise, or I was interacting in a non-consumerist consumerist fashion. And then you read Mac McClellan's piece, and She's you're like, "Like oh,
3: there aren't two, like the, there isn't a factory across yeah. the street from the bad factory that has right. like mineral water, you know, <laughs> where the Roche shirts come from? It, yeah, it's yeah. that. Piece, I mean, all that come piece, from the same factories. Yeah,
1: that piece in the book um, changed the way that. I mean, I think you find little political pieces and pieces mm-hmm. that you read, and that changed my outlook on buying clothing. And there's this incredible interview." With um, sweatshop workers, Cambodian sweatshop workers, four mm-hmm. of them, and we ask again the questions we 're asking all of the women you know wh- how do you feel about what you have on your back? not what are the working conditions, not political questions, very personal questions, and they are talking about, oh well. You know, this, this bra I'm sewing, I, I know how well it's made because I made it, but who is the woman who gets to wear this bra, like, I, you know, this jealousy? Well, she even admits it's jealousy, and oh, this shirt I, I bought because it was thin material, that's the only reason, and it's hot in the factories, and I, I don't like how thin it is. And the colors—they under you know—they know the di- you know the difference in palettes. And the cheaper clothes are these jewel colors, royals and and uh, greens. But they know that muted colors or what's beautiful now and how that palette's changed through history so it was really interesting to hear and heartbreaking mm. and you know that, that made a change in, in you know, me anyway and how,
0: how I buy clothes yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess what I was really trying to get my comment to say because I really appreciate what you're saying it's almost a different avenue is that I always admired, and I knew when I was going to college, consciously I was with this group of people. What through what we were wearing, we were making fun of the nuclear family. Where we were really making a comment on the breakdown of the nuclear family. Well, By the way, we were we were we were, <laughs> we were, we were very um, new wave. We were very 50's, you know, kind of oriented. It Mm -hmm. was very genderized and it was totally ironic. Mm -hmm. And we were really bright kids marching Mm -hmm. through the streets of Columbia going to parties and we knew full well what we were doing. I think there are a group of smart kids on every college campus Mm -hmm. and even high fashion, Kristen Leclerc, for a while, he tried to bring in humor. You know, we're living in a golden age. He tried to bring that in. And I think that there are a brave group of women and young people who are yeah. always trying to get to a yeah. man level with fashion right. and make a comment, a witty, fun yeah. comment about Well, I mean, this a
2: really perfect example of that is. Um, uh, a woman who was part of the um, gay activist scene in Sydney, Australia in the late 80s, early 90s, um, when basically the uh, message over there, the the message from um, the health authorities was, um, if you're gay, don't have sex. That was like the way to stop the spread of AIDS. And so she and all of her friends started to dress in this extremely hyper-sexualized way and would go out in the street um, and, and very, um, I, I, outrageous like car crash victims and everything and it was in, and they actually did change the way that um, AIDS was talked about and how AIDS prevention was talked about you know it's like no you can prevent it by using a condom you know you don't have to stop having sex altogether but they completely changed the uh, the conversation yes. by what they wore yes um, I was just wondering how you guys thought about what you're wearing today and so like the other <laughs>
3: well in the other in the other cities I think we mostly just wore what we were wearing that day and I've never felt like less self-conscious about what I wore to an event it should be the opposite because at other but I just felt like well the book is sort of saying you can dress everyone dresses differently and everyone has their own way of dressing so I didn't feel like I was up for judgment in the way that if I was doing a launch for another book I would really be like what am I going to wear to my launch and I didn't feel that at all but in this case um, we got clothes amazingly <laughs> sent to us by one of our contributors uh, to sort of help us celebrate the LA launch um, Rachel Comey so she sent me this she sent a box of clothes so we she just she sent me this a, we have to send them back so we're wearing them we're wearing them yes like, we, c- uh, all, we keep changing I, all of them know. All,
2: this we for the Hollywood, the Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, this is our Hollywood yeah. moment. But it was a
3: very, it was a very glamorous kind of yeah. moment. <laughs>
2: I know I won't be drinking red wine tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, but I, yeah, I and, and Leanne's wearing uh, her own. Yeah, her I thought <laughs> the three of us in the
1: in the donated clothes would be a bit.
3: I, I just,
2: but she wore it earlier. It a bit. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Just wear what I was planning on wearing. But, but Heidi and I are definitely... You can tell it's the same yeah. cut. Yeah. But it,
2: but it has been kind of amazing um, to go. Uh, we've had swap meets and I think there's one going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had really big ones in Toronto and Montreal and New York and um, and I was actually on the way to our Toronto launch. I was just in a really grumpy bad mood for no real reason and um, and I hated what I was wearing and we had to leave the hotel room in a hurry and I just like hated, hated unhappy, not happy and then um, and then Leanne's sister-in-law came up and she was like oh look I'm gonna give this to the swap and I was like oh, I want that I want it and it was a 20 year old I have it in my bag if anyone wants to see it it's a 20 it a it a year old it's, it's, it's like the crazy torn sweater but I was walking with Heidi and she was in a
3: grumpy grumpy mood and as soon as she put it on like she was like the sunshine. Oh, yes. and the <laughs> she was so
1: happy. Thing, it was nice too. It was the oldest piece of clothing my she sister-in-law owned, and she thought, okay, this
3: is at the bottom. So uh, this, this made way. her very happy. Very <laughs> happy. <laughs> it's so positive. Amazing. <laughs> she put it I on know, that right? <laughs> um, Maybe we should just take warm warm what, one or two more questions. Oh. Oh. Hey. Um,
0: how much are you thinking about this as a kind of metaphor, or allegory for
1: the relationship with the? And the outside, and how much are you really just relentlessly coming
3: back to the concrete? I'm curious because I am excited by this, not because I'm that curious about how I want to think about clothes, but because it seems to me, it, you know, it's like the most important thing in the world is how what's on the outside that we can see and, see and feel and touch relates to the inside. But I haven't heard that yet. so far. I hear you know, kind of a really interesting way coming back to the particular. Um, yeah. I'm curious about what you think about. I still find it kind of bewildering. Like I, There's part of me that still sort of rejects the idea that the outside can even, ex- that even exists. Like, part of the reason that I wanted to do this book is because I'm, it's not like I didn't think about clothes because I'm a schlump, it's like I didn't think about clothes because the, like, the physical world is much less real for me than the world of imagination and contemplation. I was like, part, so part of doing this book was a way of like, Oh, you know, you are an object in the world. People look at you. Um, I started doing this book in spring. Two th- I started thinking about this book in spring 2012 because that's when I was on tour for my last book, How Should to Person B, and I was like being photographed and I was in public, and I was like, oh, f- fuck, <laughs> like. <laughs> um, and so, but I. And so, I after finishing this book, I still don't really know like if it matters or not to me because, yeah, I do think like. Part of me just completely wants to be um, a, like a brain in a vat, you know, and and just ha- that is actually my most comfortable sort of vision of my relationship to the world, like it disembodied totally. <laughs> and I always sort of dress to sort of just say like, just don't try not to look at me, you know, as much as possible. But I I I think that says something about your interior. If you're dressing mm-hmm. to hide your body, you're saying like. M- maybe one of the things you're saying, what I think I'm saying is like my my body's not really that important to me, like other things are more important, like faces are important, like expressions are important, and so yeah, I think these are portraits of interiors through the lens of something, you know because it's hard to talk about the soul directly you know, but this is sort of a way of just saying, well, how does your soul or self or, you know, essence like manifest in something so concrete, and what does that say about who you are (laughs) I like. I I also
1: like to use the metaphor of a language a lot. You mentioned like these, this communication, and that's how we are in the world, and that's what people read. And like some people are bilingual, some people know five languages, some people only know one. Like it's it's really this, and then there are dialects, and so it's like oh that tweed or that plaid, and so there's a lot of different ways of reading. I mean that's one one metaphor. Um, and I yeah I also. Yeah, I think there's... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
3: Go ahead. <laughs> I <Yeah>. totally... <laughs> I just think, like, when you're talking about lots of languages, something just came into my head, which is, like, before, when I did think about dressing, I was just, like, I think I just only did speak one language. I'm, like, well, I guess I want to be pretty. You know, like, if I tried to dress mm-hmm. up, I was, like, I guess I'll try to look pretty. And reading this book, I'm, like, oh, people have so many different other things they want to look, yeah. and that's the this fluency with languages. So when somebody looks contemporary, I'm thinking, like, they... They are tapped into. I don't know how, you, how people look you in temporary. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, what are they.
1: There's, there's a section in the book, too, called Mothers as Others, which right. kind of obliquely deals with the interior because we asked um, women to submit pictures of their mothers before they had children and talk about the woman that they never met, essentially, that they didn't see. And it came around to clothes naturally, but sort of through this little side road and so the women were talking about yeah this person who they're a part of and yet don't know and it it's that's an interesting portrait of the women who are speaking too and so in the language you get this this uh this yeah the yeah, narratives thought. were
3: really weird about the mothers because you were looking at a picture of your mother at 18 and mm-hmm. the stories that come out aren't really like, oh, I like her polka dot dress. It's just like, you look at the picture and a lot of the stories were like, my mother had no idea that her first husband was going to die and then yeah. she was going to, like, lose her job and, or, you know, my mother didn't know that she, it was basically like my mother didn't know she'd be so miserable, <laughs> you know, it was a lot of it and you just think they, these daughters are like, I'd never see my mother so happy and it's, that I found was like one of mm-hmm. the most tragic parts of the book because... It, it, that that's the that's the picture that I don't know if it's true but that's the picture that a lot of the kids had like my mother's life got worse from here and yeah. I don't know that was your read of yeah. it that <laughs> was totally <my laughs> yeah. don't you think that was do you yeah. think that was just my interpretation <laughs> I was, Yeah, I had a different that read is.
2: I mean <laughs> one other thing to say just about the interiors thing I mean I think and we're speaking about language and fluency in language and I think all of us feel that we have a certain visual fluency if you're walking down the street and you see somebody for example dressed um, with you know parts of their body showing right you sort of have a certain assumption about that person, right? You think that they are, that, that Outfit they've chosen is coded to say like I'm trying to attract men or um, um, I'm not interested in the female gaze I'm interested in interested in the male gaze or um, I just worked out and I feel really good about myself whatever like you can you can get like you know. maybe a millimeter beneath the surface in this kind of like that's the obvious like fluency that we have and after doing this book I just feel like someone like anyone walks down the street at me and I just think wow okay I got I got the message, but I understand how much more there is that I am not getting. Tip of the iceberg, it's the tip yeah. of the iceberg, and so it makes you sort of have this weird I mean, like every Curiosity. human is walking toward me almost as like this creative story space that you get to kind of fill, you know, like you've, mm-hmm. you've been given the outline by this kind of coded outfit um, that's presented to you, but it, it becomes a much more exciting for me, I, I feel walking down the street is a much more dynamic curious and also um, it's an act of how much I don't know about people yeah
3: maybe that's a good way to end Um, so if you want I think there's a few swap clothes two doors away if you want or we can just stay here and sign books if you'd like to buy some books or but if you do have swap items do write like a little story about it and pin it to it there's some paper and pens there because that's the fun part
1: and you can fill out the survey on our website Yeah, read other people's surveys it's sort of an ongoing organic creature thanks for coming thank you You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Young Jesus. You can check them out at youngjesus.bandcamp.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.